Hi everyone, welcome back to Paranormal. I'm your host, Marie Adaranti, and joining me today on the podcast is my co-host, Victoria Kuharski. Hey guys, <laughs> I called you my co-host because you fucking, every week, Almost I'm just like, do you every... want to come podcast? Do you want to just come podcast hey, with me? Can you, uh, can you come by? <laughs> I don't have any friends anymore. That's what my boyfriend said. He's like, holy shit. You're almost like a podcast host. I'm like, I'm a co-host? You literally are just, I'm just going to, it's just going to be host Marie and co-host Victoria. Yes. Because like, you well, come that's almost resume. every week. Well, yeah. You come <laughs> almost every week because I don't have friends anymore, you guys. I got rid of them all. That's not true. I still have Amanda, my bestest friend. And she, You know, I, I'm such a like self-loathing person. I have a lot of friends. <laughs> A lot of people who genuinely care about me <laughs> like my one friend is letting me sleep at her house before a job interview that I have my other friend sent me a bunch of interview questions and literally made my resume for me like did my resume for me she's such a sweet baby angel I have a lot of friends but but I come on the show yeah well everyone else lives like really far away that's so true. that's fine I'll just live in Hamilton all of you guys can live in fucking Toronto and just forget about me. Pay millions of dollars for their <laughs> homes. Literally all of my friends live in Toronto now. Like, for those who don't know, Hamilton is a, like a small, not like, it's not, it's not small. small. It's not a small city. Smaller. But smaller than Toronto. It's about an hour away from Toronto, like 40 minutes when there's no traffic. But like all of my friends live in Toronto now. So... I just don't have anyone to hang out with except for my friends from work. And luckily, Victoria is one of them. Because I'm cool. And I think like that our biggest fan, like our number one fr- fan, Craig, really enjoys that Craig! you're... Craig! <laughs> oh my goodness. That you're on the podcast because he's like, I know both of those girls. Oh yeah, <laughs> <No>. definitely. <laughs> I haven't seen Craig in a while. Yeah, he's the best. I miss Why him. Why is he so busy with Our work? work dad. I feel like he's... But he's not like, I feel bad being like our work dad because he's not, not like really. a dad. Yeah. Like he is a dad, but he's like he's dad. not like, he's, no. He's not like a father figure to us. No. Like I remember he helped me pick out my, well, he was helping me with my fridge because I was like, these dimensions make no sense. Like how do I, and I need to leave clearance for the door and like, how do I find out? And he was like, well, let's go take a look at the fridge at work and I'll show you where to find it. And like he like showed me all oh these things God. at work. And I guess he was telling his wife about it like the next like, I guess, like, the next day or something. or he, they, And she was like, what are you, like, the dad at work? Like, you're everyone's dad? Like, he's the work dad. He's not old enough to be my dad. No, but, he's like, not. he's very fatherly. Shout out to Craig. Shout out to Craig. We just love you. <laughs> I think we talk about him every single time. Well, yeah, because we love him. <laughs> um, speaking of people that I love, I have a new fan. His name is Tyler. And I love him so much. And he sent me this email and this is why I love him. So I tweeted a copy of this email and I was like, um, yeah, Tyler just won fan of the year. So if everybody else just wants to step up their game a little bit, but you haven't heard it because you don't have Twitter. So. I don't have Twitter. So I'm going to read it to you and for everyone else who doesn't have me on Twitter because it was just a really cute message. And like, it's very um, uh, like self-serving for me to read this. So I'm just going to be like, hey, everyone, listen to this. So he said, Hi Marie, first time listener, but huge fan of your podcast. I found it three days ago and I'm already on the episode where you and your friend talk about lucid dreams. I don't have any ghost stories for you, but I love listening to them and I'm very jealous of your experiences. 
I'm actually writing in because in addition to your outrageous laugh, which I love, I also, <laughs> I also think that you have an incredible voice. There have been times where you say things in a sing-song way, and I think you sound incredible. Oh my god, that is you! I know. <laughs> Stay a roll. I'm from Fort Worth, Texas, and if you're ever in the area, I want you to come and sing with me in my band. We're okay, I assure you. Bring your husband. Keep up the spooky work. I think you've got something special here, your friend, Tyler. And it just made me laugh, and I'm glad you were here for the episode where I read it, because when Victoria... <laughs> When Victoria sat near me at work, we would sing. We sang all the time. All the time. If anyone has me on Instagram, you can see my Instagram stories where our friend Steph, who sits beside me, her and I sing songs together. Um, I'll usually start them and she won't know I'm recording her and then she'll really dramatically finish them, which is why the videos are funny. But, um, But Victoria and I used to just sing like, really old school songs together and people just the randomest and it, people would just walk by and they'd be like what what, what is do you this? taste like are people enjoying their work here people are actually enjoying their time here or like across the office when it's dead on a saturday yeah. and yeah. the manager just messages us and he's like oh hey, yeah thanks for the concert guys do you guys take requests that's what he <laughs> said to us the one day are you guys taking requests but since you've your desk has moved, we don't get to do yeah. that anymore. And, and that's why you couldn't tell me about this email. I know. Usually she like dramatically oh. turns around. And she's like, Vic, guess what? It doesn't get old. I have another thing. It doesn't get old for me. Anytime people are like, I love your podcast. I was like, <gasps> Victoria, someone else There's likes me. <laughs> someone <laughs> likes me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, but since you've moved, I've been like 90% more depressed at work. It's been really shitty. The feeling is mutual. That's good. So um, we've got some good stuff to talk about today on the podcast. Um, I've got a message from a girl named Jessica who has a story about a nursing home. A gentleman named Brandon who has a story... Uh, well, he's an empath, and so he he wrote me in a story about some of his experiences. And um, you were going to talk about a bed and br- breakfast that your boyfriend yeah. had told you about. Really excited. And I've got a story. This is going to be a retelling of a story that my friend Leanne experienced, but I don't want to – like, I was holding off on telling it because, like, I asked her – I want you to come on the podcast. I want you to tell the story. And then she was like, listen, like I'm moving back from Toronto to the town where she lived, which is like nine hours away from us. So like, and she was like, I'm going to like help my family because my, I think her dad is sick or her mom, like one of them is sick. And so I was like, oh man, like, okay, like go take care of your stuff. And I didn't want to be like, oh, send me your story so I can like, oh, that's fine. You're going to help your family member, but like still write me a story. Like, obviously not. So I'm just going to retell it from what I remember, which is, I like, which is what I kind of like about this podcast. I like that it has like a slumber party with your girlfriends telling urban legends or like it happened to a friend of a friend of mine kind of feel. Freaky stories. Are you afraid of the dark? No, it's not. Are you? (laughs) Isn't that? No, they do that. No, it's close. It's it's a YTV show. It was a YTV show. I remember that. 
Um, so it happened to a friend of a friend of mine. Yeah, this is a true story. It happened to a friend of a friend of mine. Um, so I like that it has that kind of feel. So I'm going to retell her story. Leanne, if you hear this and you want me to fix anything or you have anything to add or you want to say, hey, you lied. This is what actually happened. Just Why let don't you do, me like, know. Have her call in. I might. Well, I'm going to I'm going to just retell the story because yeah. I plan to tell it. Well, and then yeah. and then I'll ask her to call and I'll may- maybe I'll record it. But anyways, um, so I'm going to tell her a story and then uh, the hometown haunt. So the hometown haunt this week, I was pleasantly surprised that it was Louisville, Kentucky, which we were excited about because Victoria is a huge <laughs> country music fan. <laughs> And uh, I'm not gonna do it. she do it, do <laughs> no. it. She immediately when I read when I was like, oh, it's Louisville, Kentucky today. She immediately started singing that fucking Carrie Underwood song where she, she takes a Louisville slugger to both <laughs> <laughs> Because we were watching it. Pitch Perfect, guys. We yeah. were singing it, so it was stuck in my head. Don't tell people that we were watching Pitch Perfect. I don't. Stephen made us watch. it. I have a reputation. Your to husband uphold. made us watch. He did it. <laughs> You did. No. <laughs> I know. I it's, it's an okay movie, okay? Um, and something else I was excited about <laughs> while we're on the topic of the top cities and I guess the top countries. This week was the first week ever that I have ever seen such a close call between two cities. There was only five list, a five listen difference. So only five more people listened from louisville and they beat they beat they beat the other city by 500 so for the most part on like 99.999 percent of all of my podcast episodes the top cities are always three cities from the united states the top country is always the united states um and number two is usually united kingdom or canada uh and then the third is united kingdom or canada this week I was shocked because the second like the second country so United States was first again but the next one was Australia which I was shocked about because it was exciting. Yeah, it was exciting for me and um, your cousin she's spreading the word. Well, I, I I don't I don't know I should text her like an or send her a WhatsApp message and ask her because I don't think it's her because this city is not the city Anywhere that's listening. Place. Well, I don't know. I didn't look up their their location, but um, the second city was Caulfield, Caulfield North, Australia. Let me know if I said that wrong. And then the number three number three country was United Kingdom. Canada actually came in at four, followed by your home and native land, Poland, at number five. Yeah. Um, but Canada usually it's like number two or number three, yeah. and like and that I attribute to like my friends and my family listening to it. Obviously, my friends and my family don't give a shit about me anymore, yeah. so they don't listen to it anymore. No. So, of course not. <laughs> so except Australia, Craig. except for Craig and you. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so Australia was number two, which I was like blown away by. And then when I was looking at this, that's when I kind of realized that like you, the U.S. dominates every week. They dominate yeah. like every week. They're the top country. They're the top city. So like, God bless. But. Australia, if you want to beat them, I mean, show this podcast to a bunch of your friends and then I can have an Australian ghost story or write in. Yeah. You can write it in. And while you're writing in, tell us about the spiders because 
I don't worry. Are they big? Yes. Like, I've heard that they're really big there and that they're scary. Well, yeah. Like, my that's friend, the only reason why I don't want to go there. My friend lived in Sydney for a while. She went there for school and she lived there, I think, for like just over a year. And she showed me a picture of a fucking, of a cockroach that was killed in her apartment, Victoria. It was the size of like, okay, like look at my Bath and Body Works candle, not the three wick, the one wick right there. That was the size of it. That's disgusting. Yeah, it was gigantic. Picture a Bath and Body Works one wick candle. And that's the size of the, the cockroach that she killed in her Please apartment. Also, she sent me a photo once of a spider and its legs spread out to the size of no. a dinner plate. No. Yeah, to the size of a no. dinner plate. She put up a dinner plate right next to it. Do you remember the spider <laughs> at work? <laughs> I saved you all of saved your lives. everybody's life from this crazy-ass <laughs> spider that was so trying they, to attack so us. So they were all talking, Marie, Stephanie, and all of us in a group. And I suddenly see out of the corner of my eye something just crawling on the floor. So I look, and I do this like, yeah, don't move. <laughs> and our friend Stephanie, she's just like, what? What is it? She's so what sweet. Is it? I love Stephanie. And she's the sweetest thing ever. And she, like, jumped. Yeah. And then our other friend just walks over, and oh, she's like, Kira. what is it? And she does, like, the whole, like, mom rolls thing. Rolls her she, eyes, like, stomps on the spider. And I was like, no, 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 no. If you're going to do that, you have to clean you up the guts, clean up too. The guts, yeah. You can't just kill it and leave it there. Oh, gross. Moral no of the thanks. story, I saved everyone, though, that day. You saved us all from probably a venomous spider. Yeah. Oh, and something else that my friend told me. She was living, fuck, I can't remember if she was living in Sydney I don't, I feel like it wasn't Sydney that she was living in, but now that, like, now that I'm thinking about it, I know it wasn't Sydney. I just can't remember where she was living, but her grass was imported from Sydney because they lived in like a new build. So the grass like came from Sydney. And at the time Sydney was having these problems with these spiders that if they bit you, like you had like a very small amount of time to get yourself to a hospital to get the antidote, or you would go into cardiac arrest. So every morning you have to shake your shoes out, make sure they're not hiding in your shoes. And there was a woman who like put her foot in her shoe, got bit by the spider and then put her hand in the shoe to be like, what was that? Oh got bit God. by it again. And yeah, she died. She passed away. I'm really itchy right now. <laughs> I really, I don't know. I want to go to Australia, but you're right. I, I But I feel like we this. hear about all of those negative things. But there's so much more positive. No way. I feel like I hear about positive things about Australia so much more. I hear the negatives. All right. Well. Please help. Australians, send us your ghost stories. Send us your insect stories. (laughs) Send us your alien stories and your weird creature stories. What are we going to start with? Should I go with, I guess we could do the fan... Like the listener mail? Yeah, do the listener mail, and then I'll do my story that I found because cool. of my boyfriend. And then, uh, shout out to Ryan. And then you can do your friend's story. And then I have two listener mails, so I'll That's read both of them yeah. first. And then I got to do Louisville's hometown haunt. Yes. Yes. Okay, so we'll start with Jessica's story. So it starts, all right, here's my nursing home story. 
right. So Jessica was the one that wrote in last week about um, the door, like the, her her guest room door kept opening up by itself. Anyways, she goes, all right, here's my nursing home story. Uh, just like my last one, I was pregnant with my oldest daughter. She's five now. And I work nights as a CNA. Uh, I was sitting at the nurse's station between rounds with two of my coworkers. We were chatting like normal and we started hearing knocking on the laundry room door next to where we were sitting. Since we had said goodbye to the laundry worker like three hours before and no one else had got in, we were all pretty nervous. Then after hearing it a couple more times, we started in on the you go check, no you go stuff. Finally, I volunteered myself just to stop all of it. The way I handled it is is a you-would-have-to-know-me sort of thing. I dramatically, so she's like me once I read the rest of this, I dramatically kicked the door open. <laughs> that me. is you. Okay, guys, I'll just do it. And then, like, kick the door open. walks over and, like, kicks it. Don't worry, oh I didn't God. break it. It had the bar that you pushed to open. I went in and looked around, turning on the lights, and nothing and no one was inside. So that was fun. Also, during a remodel, that section was blocked off, and I happened to look up at the closed double door and saw a man's face look at me and then walk out of sight. Oh, hell no. (laughs) And that's all I have. Once again, stay awesome, Jessica. The next one I got was from a gentleman named Brandon. And so Brandon says, for starters, I am an empath raised in the Bible Belt of the U.S., which means I wasn't exposed to the knowledge that there is other stuff out there until I was in college. Now I travel the country as a biologist and try to learn all that I can. So a couple weeks back, I was staying at my friend's house and a farm to help build goat birthing stalls. I'm guessing Brandon is all the lessons I got from Kentucky. Brandon, you're amazing. Oh my God, you're so him. cute. <coughs> Excuse me, I love him. Anyway, oh no, it's not. Sorry, listen to me. I'm like, I bet you, but it's not. He goes in the very next sentence. It is, a, it is an old house in Lawsonville, North Carolina, oh. with a wood furnace, tree trunks acting as foundation blocks in the basement, etc. Lately, there's been some weird noises every now and then, or a door would open by itself upstairs, or all the dogs, four lovable pit bulls. Oh my god, baby <gasps> Sweet angels. Sweet angels, oh my goodness. <laughs> Would stare at the same spot and bark. At this point, though, we're all pretty relaxed about these things. My friend having grown up with a Wiccan mother, and myself having dealt with plenty of stuff already. Anywho, we're hanging out watching TV and drinking a little. One of the dogs sneaks out to stare at the basement door. I said it was weird and was thusly informed that the door would open on its own for the past week whenever he wasn't watching it. Empath here, pretty sensitive one too. So we both did a presence check and felt force in the house, but I thought it felt positive and comforting. I slept upstairs with a heater on. It was in the low teens Fahrenheit and they slept downstairs. Around 3 a.m. I woke up from a dream. Uh, I complained that I was awake and thirsty while being excited about getting more sleep. I hear someone ask me from a couple feet away if I needed some water. I figured my friend couldn't sleep and was checking on something. Uninvited guests in the attic aren't uncommon. So I was like, yeah, probably, but just kept laying there. 
Then he asked if I could turn the heat down because it was really hot up there. That seemed a bit weird because it was still chilly in the room, but I just went back to sleep. The next morning, we were up early thawing rabbit water bottles. Food rabbits. Hutches outside. That made me sad. <laughs> when I asked him about the heat comment last night, he had no idea what I was talking about. Through discussion, we decided that the force we felt earlier was clearly a nice spirit. Then we went on with our business. I've slept up there several times since, but I always keep the heat off. That's one of the stories. I keep a journal and I'm currently trying to document all my nor all my paranormal experiences. So hopefully I'll have more in the future. That's it from Brandon. I, I don't know if I ever wrote back to him now. I feel bad because I feel like I well, definitely would have. I don't think I did. Maybe I did. Did I? Oh, I didn't write back to him. Brandon, thank you. I read it. <laughs> thank you. Well, you can write back to him after. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'll write back after oh, we are done goodness. recording and I'll tell him that I read it. All right. Excuse me. I'm just so tired. It's 1030 here. I was up at like seven to go to the gym. So I'm exhaust. Um, okay. Let's hear your story okay. about the. So thing. my boyfriend knows about this podcast and he was like, well, since you're a co-host now, you sh you guys should do something interesting. Like, go somewhere on location. I was just like, what are you talking about? Stop. Stop being excited. Like, stop. <laughs> I was just being me, and he was being him, excited. Anyways, he's like, you guys should go to the Angel Inn at Niagara-on-the-Lake. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I remembered him telling me about this place. And so I found this website. It's called Nightmares Fear Factory, and it talks about the history of the Angel Inn. So okay. it starts off like this. There's a reason Niagara-on-the-Lake is considered one of Canada's most haunted towns. When the War of 1812... Was it Niagara-on-the-Lake, you said? Is yeah. that what you just said? Niagara-on-the-Lake? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, just last episode, Libby told us a story from Niagara-on-the-Lake. So Did I was she? like, oh, crazy, yeah. No, I didn't listen to it. No, go Sorry, ahead, guys. go ahead. I'm a horrible co-host. It's not... No, that's okay. That's not... Um, It's not the same location, so just okay, go perfect. ahead. Um, when the War of 1812 ripped through the area, it left plenty of ghosts in its wake. One of those ghosts is a rumored to wander the basement of the old Angel Inn. His name, Captain Colin Swayze. The reason? Murder. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Come on. During the War of 1812, the town of Niagara-on-the-Lake, then called Newark, was burned to the ground by American forces. The year was 1813. It was a cold December, and Newark residents had no idea what was coming. As the town was torched without warning, many scrambled to escape. Not Captain Swayze. Is it Swayze or Swayze? Kind of looks like Swayze, but I'm going to say Swayze. <laughs> Guys, I'm so sorry. I'm a foreigner Listen. and I don't read things properly. You okay? know what? If anybody is rude to my co-host, yeah, I will have something to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, although he had been ordered to evacuate Niagara on the lake, the British captain had defied orders to stay behind. Legend says that Captain Swayze had fallen deeply in love and refused to leave until meeting his lover. This romantic choice would prove fatal. Captain's lover never arrived. American forces, however, came in large numbers. He rushed to take cover in the wine cellar of what is now the oh Old Angel Inn. <laughs> Stop. What? This is the story Libby told last Oh my time. god, I hate you! Is this the guy that was in the wine barrel? When they stopped, I believe. Huh? <laughs> Libby already told us this story last week. Little Angel, 
I hate you so much. I didn't remember the well, name of it. Anyways, okay. did she talk about the Union Jack? No, I don't think she told that because I didn't. Mm. I didn't remember that. Okay, part. well, I'll skip to so after you... he was killed. <laughs> Spoiler alert from last week. Ever since oh, the pub was rebuilt in 1815, this. the Old Angel Inn has hosted a great many ghostly encounters. So this place is a restaurant. It was just my cats. Sorry. Um, this place is a restaurant, and there's a little hotel in it as well. That's why it's called the Angel Inn. Yeah. So, the Old Angel Inn has hosted a great many ghostly encounters, from dishes rearranging themselves to eerie noises coming from an empty dining room. Captain Swayze doesn't appear to have gone anywhere. The basement where Captain Swayze was stabbed to death is now home to the washroom of the Old Angel Inn, located right next to the cellar. Incidents in these washrooms are surprisingly frequent. Phantom footsteps are often heard in the area, and one man even reported hearing someone use the stall beside him when no one was there. A word of advice. Before entering the Old Angel Inn, be sure to check that the Union Jack is hanging outside the front door. Captain Swayze's ghost has been known to get angry if it is ever taken down, even briefly. So, there's been other, like, reportings that even in the inn, when people are in the rooms, like, either there's a knock on the door... Or they'll hear footsteps outside the door and, like, just... It's almost as if someone's pausing outside the door then walks away oh. and then comes back. Mm-hmm. Then walks away. Mm-hmm. Or the light just turns on and turns See, off. See, Libby didn't tell us about that. There you go. I got that. I can't believe that was the same yeah. story. And, and I like, didn't even realize. Apparently, he likes to play tricks on the women. So he'll go into the women's bathroom specifically and, like, tap on their shoulders and, like... No. Just, like, being, like, a, like a dick. Not going. Just, just being like a dick and being like, hey, guess who's here? No. I'm here. I can't do it. No, no, no. That's so funny. I can't believe that I didn't realize that it was the same story. Until you started talking about his, like, but they, he never arrived because he, and I was like, oh, fuck, it's the same fucking story. (laughs) Okay, guys. It was to be continued. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Anyways. Ugh. Well, maybe we will go there. Libby keeps saying, like, we should go. We should go. Like, if we end up going, like, her, me, and Chrissy will go, and then I'll invite you, and you can come with us. Yes. Because you're my co-host now. Yes! (laughs) All right, so my story from my friend Leanne, from what I remember, again, this is just my recollection of it. If it's wrong, I hope she lets me know. But Leanne is, like, very sensitive to spirits and activities, so... I remember, like, a lot of times she would tell me stories. Nothing that really stuck with me other than, like, the sleep paralysis that she would experience and things like that. But um, she was working as a PSW. And uh, there was a home that she was working in. And she was doing the overnight shift. So she was working night shift. And um, the girl before her had left the office and like in their office they had like a bed a desk a computer and like a radio and so they would listen to the radio while they were working or doing whatever so leanne was on the computer she's listening to the radio and then all of a sudden the um radio kind of turned to like white noise and then she heard a little girl's voice coming through the radio i know and it said like um like can you help me like I don't know where my mom is I don't know where I am like I'm lost I don't know oh what God. to do it's like my worst nightmare and so we had like panicked obviously and she was just like 
okay, like, don't be afraid. Like, you're going to be okay. And the girl just kept being like, I can't find my mom. Like, I don't know what to do. Can you please help me? So Leanne told her or asked her, like, do you see a light anywhere? Like, do you see the light? And she's like, yeah, I see it. And so Leanne told her to, like, go to the light. And then she didn't hear anything after that. There was, like, static from what I remember. Um, And then I think that Leanne, I remember Leanne telling me that the weird thing was that one of the patients that lived in the home, he had schizophrenia and one of the thing like one of his symptoms was that he would see a little girl wandering around the house so she doesn't know if it was like a ghost that only he could see or if it was like actually like his oh, illness shit. yeah weird right fucking creepy see what i'm thinking right fucking now is creepy, we always girl. record these late at night and then I have to go to my car in the dark and I like run I leave to the it. I light on and I watch you I until know, you get in the car. But like still, it creeps me out. And then I have to get home, park, and I have to like, I literally run up my driveway. <laughs> run. And I'm like ready to like put my car alarm on if anything happens. The worst is when I, sorry, it is so late. The worst is when I come home late at night. And the door is locked and I'm like fumbling with my keys trying to get the door open. And I'm like, oh my God, fucking Paul Bernardo is going to get me outside. Oh <laughs> I'm God. so afraid. You never know. <laughs> All right. So before we get into the hometown, um, so something I started last week, which you don't know about, but my listeners do. Sorry. It's okay. So uh, from now on, the hometown uh, haunt I'm looking up an animal rescue in that city, and I give a shout out to the animal rescue. Oh, that's cute. So this one is called Barktown Rescue. They were founded in 2009 by two volunteers uh, who had seen a need in their community. They got their start working with Nelson County Animal Control to send dogs to rescues all over the country. Even with their best efforts, hundreds of adoptable dogs were still being euthanized every year in Nelson County. The two realized the most effective way to make a difference in their community was to start their own rescue. And from there, Barktown Rescue was founded in August of 2009. Since then, Barktown Rescue has grown from two volunteers to a network of more than 80 fosters and volunteers. Barktown marked a special milestone in June 2016 when the three thousandth Barktown dog was adopted. All of the dogs are showered with love while they wait for the right adoptive family to come along. The rescue receives no city, state, or federal funding. They are responsible for earning or raising 100% of their annual operating budget. Um, So you can go to barktownrescue.org to see what kind of animals are up for adoptions. Maybe you can apply. Um, Maybe you want to foster. Or maybe you just want to donate five bucks, 10 bucks, 25 bucks. It's tax deductible donations. Um, and yeah, maybe you want to donate to them even if you can't offer up a home or you can't, you know, afford to keep a pet, a pet full time, but you want to help out. And maybe you got an extra 20 bucks sitting in your account and you want to do something good with it. You can donate it. That and warms that's it. my heart. Barktownrescue.org. So cute. I know. All right, Louisville, 
I don't think you guys are going to be surprised by what I'm about to read to you. Involve a Louisville slugger? No, you you very cool girl. (laughs) (laughs) Nice save. Nice save. This location that I'm going to talk about has been called the most haunted location in the world. Oh, shit. Yeah. I might have made that up. It might have said the U.S. But regardless, it's like a very fucking haunted location. Uh, Most of this information that I got, I got from a mental floss article that was written by Miss Solania. I think that's how you say her name. Fancy. Okay. You, You know what I'm talking about, Louisville. You know that I'm talking about the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Dun, dun, dun. Waverly Hills. That reminds dun, me of Waverly Hills. Waverly Place? Was it a Waverly Place? Waverly Hills. That's it. We're talking about ghosts, okay? Not I wizards. know, but Waver- it's magic, <laughs> so like ghosts, whatever, okay? It's fine. It connects. There were ghosts in Harry Potter. So yeah. Wa- yeah. <laughs> Waverly Hills Sanatorium was a tuberculosis hospital. It was also a nursing home, a failed religious monument, and now it's a paranormal investigation uh, site. Um, so it opened in 1910 to treat TB patients. In 1911, the New City Hospital actually relocated all of their tuberculosis cases to the sanatorium. And there was actually so many people that were like there was such an overflow of people that they had to erect tents on the grounds to accommodate for these Holy people. Shit. Yeah. Can you imagine fucking being sick with tuberculosis? And you're in a tent outside. It's like fucked. in the heat. Yeah. Holy crap. Uh, the building. There were buildings that added that ended up be- being added. Um, yeah. throughout the years, so uh, there was a staff, and the staff worked with thousands of patients, and they would often get the disease themselves. After World War, after World War, after World War II, the need for the sanatorium waned until the hospital uh, eventually closed in '61. Uh, the estimates vary, and the records were actually destroyed. But uh, apparently, there may have been as many as sixty-four thousand deaths at the sanatorium. Shit. Yeah. So tuberculosis, which was also known as the White Plague, had a high mortality rate before the treatment was uh, introduced in 1943. And the most common treatment at that time was, get this, sunlight, fresh air, and nutritious food. Oh my god. Yeah. And sometimes if they needed to be operated on, like if they were close to death, so this was only for patients who were close to death, they would remove uh, the ribs and uh, parts of the lungs. And apparently that was supposed to help. I don't know how, but apparently it would. Um. They probably did it outside, too. So extra fresh air. Yeah, totally. Uh, But it says in this article that many people actually owe their lives to the care that they received at Waverly Hills. Damn. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's an underground tunnel from the sanatorium to the bottom of a hill that I guess is on the grounds. It was originally a heating duct, but it was used by the staff so that they could climb the hill like in bad weather. They didn't have to like slide up this hill. Um, and then during, during these tuberculosis years, it was also used for them to transport dead bodies so that the other patients wouldn't see the bodies. Uh, they ended up like 
giving it the nickname the body chute. And basically it was serviced by a winch so they could haul supplies up the hill and then they could lower gurneys with the dead bodies down to the bottom. Yeah, and apparently the tunnel is haunted by the people who um, like passed, made, yeah, passed through it. Uh, the tunnel was the subject of a 2005 movie called The Death Tunnel. And in the film, there's five college girls who fulfill an initiation rite by spending the night in the haunted institution. Obviously, you know what happens there. There is a documentary named Spooked, and that was made during the filming of The Death Tunnel. I would like to watch that. There have been ghost sightings in room 502 at the sanatorium particularly, uh, and it's mostly the ghost of a nurse in a, in, of a the ghost of a nurse that's in a nurse uniform. There's two legends that they talk about in this room. The first one is that the nurse committed suicide by jumping out of the window. And the second one is a nurse had hanged herself in the room because she was single and pregnant. Neither of the stories are documented, but neither of them are, have ever been discounted. Um, and then there are other stories that uh, ghosts appear. Um, there's one named, uh, there's like a little girl ghost named Mary. And then there's a little boy named Bobby in other areas of the hospital. Holy. Mm -hmm. It was reopened as a medical services, or it says as Woodhaven Medical Services, which was a geriatrics hospital in 1962. But they closed it in 1980 because there were allegations of patient abuse, which kills me. Like people who abuse the elderly, if I could fucking get my hands on them, if I could fucking kill people who abuse the elderly i would anyways robert alberhasky bought the property in 96 and he had actually planned to erect the world's tallest statue of jesus and a religious center okay this is in brazil like listen to this the statue was supposed to be based on christ the redeemer statue in rio de janeiro <laughs> But it was supposed to be 20 feet taller. Oh, my God. Obviously, because America always has to be bigger and better always than everyone else. Always has to be better. Because <laughs> we roll our eyes. No, I didn't roll my eyes. Mm. I have the most listeners from there. You have to be nice to them. This is true. <laughs> we like you guys. Don't worry. I actually really do, but it's fine. When the plans fell through because of funding problems, uh, the guy was upset that the remaining building was protected by the historical register and he tried to have the building condemned. He actually went as far as using a bulldozer to undermine the foundation, but the building was like, nah, I'm here to stay. <laughs> uh, then a couple named Tina and Charlie Mattingly bought the properly, the properly brought the property in 2001, uh, and they wanted to just restore it. So the hospital was deteriorating when they took possession of it, but in the first few years, they removed all of the asbestos, they replaced 100 broken windows, and they started haunted tours to help raise money for the restoration project, which will eventually include a bed and breakfast. And... I would not want to sleep there. Uh, I don't think I would either. Uh, they became known outside of the area that they're in uh, when there was a TV series called The Scariest Places on Earth. Uh, they profiled it in 2001. Since then, it's become a very popular destination for paranormal investigators. Even people who don't believe in ghosts enjoy the site for its history, its controversy, or for its popularity. According to the Waverly Hills Historical Society, 
There are guided tours and overnight stays, and they're booked for the rest of the year. If you want to visit, make your plans early. The TV show Ghost Hunters did a program on Waverly Hills in March of 2006. The sci-fi channel series returned to Kentucky, and they did a live broadcast of it on Halloween night. And that is the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Oh, God. Yeah. That's it. That's the episode. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, did you know that Hamilton has a sanatorium? No, I didn't. Yeah, in Ancaster. Tell us more. Um, let me see. Ooh, that just reminded me of a good story that I can tell on my next episode. My friend Ooh. just gave me a good story. Maybe I'll invite so, her to come on the podcast with us. It's on Ontario abandoned places because we live in Ontario. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, so it's called the Mountain Sanatorium. Um, it was a, a place to treat TB as well. Interesting. Hmm. Um, let's see. This website isn't really good, though. Okay. Do, 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 do. On May 28th, 1906, the Hamilton Health Association Association opened the Mountain Sanatorium. The sanatorium was built upon 98 acres of property donated by Hamilton Wool Merchants. Uh, staff consisted of a matron, a nurse, housekeeper, two men of all work, and four patients. The Mountain Sanatorium began as a simple two-tent operation as a, on a farm located on the escarpment overlooking Western Hamilton. The tents were able to treat eight patients. During the same year, the tents were replaced with the Crerer Reception Hall, a doctor's shack, a dispensary, and a laboratory, and a dungeon pavilion. A ladies' auxiliary board was founded, which served as the operating committee for the sanatorium. A gentleman's board was also founded, which served as the executive committee. Eventually, the tents were replaced with small cottages that were not well insulated against the cold Ontario winters. The cottages were eventually replaced by insulating brick buildings. A stay in a, in a sanatorium could last for many years. People with TB were often shunned and gossiped about. Therefore, some chose not to disclose their condition to others. Treatment at the time was done by wheeling patients onto the terrace for fresh air. Um, there's Sunlight, fresh air, and yep. nutritious food. Uh, superintendent of the Mountain Sanatorium from 1970 to 1945 was Howard Holbrook. Howard Holbrook was constantly raising money for construction of new buildings uh blah blah don't care about that let's see today today the property is the subject of contentious debate as to what should happen with the land the chidoki health foundation sold 24 acres of the brow lands to developer uh for five million dollars citizens enjoy the land for its fresh air and nature while the developer wants to construct 700 condos on the property, blah, blah, blah. Um, moral of the story, there's a bell on there. And, like, I was looking it up on the other day. And they treat, like, mental health patients as well. Yeah. And so the bell meant that if it was rung, people needed to stay inside because one of their patients escaped. Oh, my God. That's so scary. There's that. And then my boyfriend, on our, like, second date... We went to the movies, and then after the movie, he's like, oh, I have somewhere to show you. It was, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, like, pouring rain. 
And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's let's go somewhere. And I'm driving. He's like, okay, turn here, turn here, turn here. And we go up this road. And honest to God, creepiest thing ever. So you go down this road. It's like a scenic little road. Yeah. Like in between woods. You get to the top of the road. And there's a daycare. Just a, a daycare with like oh swings God. and stuff. And like a park connected to it. Okay. And then there's a cemetery beside that. Okay. And then all you see is a sanatorium and it's just like boarded up and everything. Mm. And like the cops always go there to make sure like people aren't people going aren't in there. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But he was, he told me that the one night he went with his friend and there was a little girl just swinging on the swings. No. No. And yeah. No. I'm and not okay like with that. his friend was like, look, like it was like two in the morning. No one inside. And he's like, yo. There, there's there's a little girl there and my boyfriend's like no there isn't he's oh like, my no God. there is and they turn the little girl's there and then she just stops no. and they're like what the hell and then they turn back and she was gone but this swing looks like it was no swing still no yeah. i can't do it yeah no i couldn't do it i know right well thanks for that now i'm not sleeping hey i have to walk to my car i'm not gonna watch you this time no I'm just kidding. All right, guys, that's it. That's all. It's almost 11 o'clock here. I'm exhausted. I have to wake up early and go to the gym again because I'm working 12 dates this week. It's brutal. It sucks. I mean, whatever. It's life. Um, but such is life. I hope such you like. Can you not? Well, I'm sorry. Thanks. Um, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Um, please rate, review, subscribe, and um, it just helps me get more more followers because I don't have like I I don't have that many. I should have more. Um I would like to have more. So please rate, review, subscribe. Um and you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. It's at Splendora underscore. My Twitter is very funny, but it is private right now just because I'm applying to jobs and um I don't want future employers to kind of read some of the things that I post. It might not be very becoming. Um, and if you have a good story you can always send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter, or you can email me. It's A-D-O-R-A-N-T-I-M at gmail.com. And uh, just let me know. Let me know what your creepy story is. I want fucking near-death experiences is one that I want to start doing. Like stories of people or like people who have died and come back to life. That'd be interesting. Yeah, because like you're the closest thing to Jesus that I'll ever know. And then... <laughs> Um, and ghost stories obviously alien stories yes creepy stories about like weird creatures like the chupacabra or Loch Ness monster love it want them send them my way and uh that's it everybody stay spooky bye